International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition International Orienteering Podcast International Orienteering Podcast uh, Again, welcome to, to a new episode And since last time, there has been uh, three new uh, stages at Oringen and we also have a second round of this year's World Cup uh, coming up. Uh, so there are a lot to talk about uh, in this episode. Um, yeah, we uh, started last episode with the first two stages in Oringen. Um, yeah, it was uh, exciting then. And uh, we got um, three last in Ora since then, Ivar. Uh, but uh, first of all, I think we should uh, take some news, or what do you think? Yeah, of course, we should always start with some general news to, to set the mood for the rest of the episode. Yeah, we saw that um, it was announced that uh, Poland will organize the World Masters in 2026. Um, uh, you are maybe too young for that, but uh, in my age group, uh, this could be interesting. Yeah. So uh, then, in a couple of weeks, um, uh, masters in Kusica in Slovakia, and then next year we will have it in Turku, Obu, Finland, and, and then it's uh, Catalonia, Spain in 2025, and maybe you are old enough in 2026. When there is in Poland, Eva. Maybe that's yes. a new target yeah, for so, you. So 2026, that's my first year in men 35. Uh, and, you know, my last year as a junior, it was JVOK in Poland. Uh, and I ran that. So maybe I should also run my first year in the veteran champs when I can go to Poland once again. Uh, my my JVOK experience was in the northwest in Gdansk, in Gdynia area. So this is like the complete opposite. And I've never been orienteering in that part of Poland. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, three years from now, but uh, it's nice to have holiday plans for 2026 already. Yeah, and about you talking about Jaywalk. Uh, there was a Jaywalk uh, store from uh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago in uh, uh, 2010, Gerte Steva, he won double gold in the jaywalk in Denmark. Yeah. He is announcing his retirement from uh, top orienteering uh, uh, in these days. Uh, uh, then also Gerte Steva has been winning in the senior classes also, hasn't he? Yeah, so his biggest merit is from the, the world champs relay in 2018 in Latvia where he came into the team as a reserve when Olav Lundanes had problem with his stomach and couldn't run. And then he got the gold medal there. And he also got a silver medal in the relay in WUK 21 in Czech Republic two years ago. Uh, he's been running quite a few individual events at World Championship as well. Uh, his best result is a 10th place uh, at the long distance in Czech Republic two years ago. And then, of course, he was 11th in the middle distance in Switzerland a few weeks ago. So, yeah, that was his last Last race in the in the Norwegian national team jersey. Um, his best World Cup result is a, a fourth place from the World Cup sprint in China back in 2019. Uh, in my that, book, was, uh, that, uh, that, that that was a quite special round in China, and 
autumn of 2019 there. Yeah, don't get me started. Well, in my book, that's that fourth place. Uh, it's a that's in my book that's a podium result because he got beaten by a, a Chinese guy, and that was very very suspect. So, uh, yeah, he in the history books he will stand with a fourth place, but uh, in my eyes it was a third place. Uh, so a very good runner, uh, very technically gifted. Uh, it kind of feels like he never really fulfilled his potential. Uh, but I mean, when you're in the top 10 at the World Championship, when you have a gold and a silver medal from the relay, you are a very, very, very good orienteer. So maybe not uh, the career he had hoped for when he was uh, yeah, junior world champion back in 2010, but still a very, very impressive career. Uh, I was uh, with the Norwegian team there in, uh, in Latvia in uh, 2018 when he won his gold medal in the relay. And it was, uh, as you mentioned, it was uh, quite special there because um, Olav Lundnes, um, he was running the middle distance and uh, was leading, uh, but then he was um, missing a couple of minutes in a quite flat area and uh, he came... Uh, six i think maybe it was five but i think it was uh, number six and then uh, there is a prize giving ceremony i think the prize giving actually was it was maybe in the evening or the day after but uh, Olav, he was then sick and couldn't go to the prize giving and you need a doctor to, to tell it's quite strict in ios but doctor he told that Olav, he's, he's sick he can't come to the prize giving but uh, I, I think um, many suspected that he um, was so disappointed, so he wouldn't go uh, to give a, get a diploma for a sixth place. But then the day after, when he was in the relay team, then uh, people said to me in the press uh, tent at Arena, oh, so Olav, he was actually sick. So then they uh, realized uh, actually that he was sick and uh, Goethe was, had, to, had to step in uh, into the team. And uh, I think it's quite a good deliver when you are, uh, as Joey had done this year, when you are set up uh, to go into the team. Isn't, uh, don't you agree? Yeah, I think uh, that one coming in. Uh, coming, but, coming. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, you can continue. Uh, but from uh, that one, uh, it's Goethe retiring, and uh, uh, we have seen that uh, Asker Schöneberg he will not take part in this World Cup, and he will start working 100%. Magne Dali will start working 100%. Uh, what's happening in the Norwegian men's you now, uh, Eva? Yeah, and of course, don't forget that Lucas Lilan uh, announced before the World Championship that he will also. Uh, stop uh, elite orienteering in, in, in international level. So it will be interesting to see what happens with the Norwegian team. Uh, there is a lot of people going out that have been around the team for a long, long time. Uh, Eskil was quite clear at the World Champs that he will not say that he is officially retiring, uh, but he is not sure that he will... Uh, he, he will keep training and then he will see how things go. It seems like he's not really having a clear goal for the future. Uh, we know that Magne Dele have been talking about the world champs in Finland in two years' time uh, for a long time. So I expect him to uh, to be going until that. But uh, yeah, I mean, they will they will not be a part of the national team. You know, they will be working 100%. Uh, 
Uh, Magne has a small kid. Uh, I guess they will not go to training camps with the national team and stuff like that. So, and with Goethe also out now and Lucas Lilan out, that's uh, a lot of guys that have been, yeah, been taking part in a lot of big international events the last few years and even the last decade in the case of Goethe and Magne and Eskil. Uh, yeah, it will be exciting to see. Uh, there are some uh, youngsters coming up. Definitely, there will uh, will be a new generation coming. Uh, and uh, in the Ullingen, there was um, we jumped to Ullingen and to fulfill the the races there. We had uh, it had been raced two uh, races when we recorded last time, and it was Ulle Oyanov and Sara Hagström who was in the lead. Uh, we guess that they will uh, keep the lead for the week. And uh, how was this uh, doing? How were they doing during the last three races, uh, Eva? We can can start with the women's class. Yeah, so Saga Hagström she had built up a quite clear lead after the first uh, two races, and I mean it looked more or less decided. But of course, Hanna Lundberg she. She was still within striking distance if Sara had a bad race. Um, and yeah, Hanna Lundberg really tried her best to catch the gap. I mean, she won the race three, where it was the, small, the sprint race. Uh, she won day four when it was a middle distance race. Uh, but even with two victories, she was not able to uh, catch up more than, yeah, was it about 45 seconds or something like that? Uh, so Sara Hagstrom still had a big, big, comfortable lead out on the chasing start, where she was starting with uh, about four minutes lead uh, and more than 10 minutes ahead of Marie Ulleusen in third place. And yeah, it seemed like the win was never threatened. Uh, she increased a little bit uh, to both of them. So Sarah Hagsen wins Uringen almost five minutes ahead of Anna Lundberg and then Marie Ulleusen takes the third place, but she's more than 12 minutes back. So big, big gaps. Uh, we have fourth place, Johanna Riedfeld, fifth place, Veronica Kalinina. Sixth place, Lisa Riesby. Uh, but Riesby is almost 20 minutes down after five races. So it's uh, a so big gaps here and a well-deserved victory for Sarah Hagström after the great start of the week that gave her the, the lead she needed. Hagström, uh, uh, she's doing a really good uh, season uh, with uh, Victor and Timila, Nukola or Venla, as they call it in the women's side. And... Uh, Uringen, but it was uh, maybe a down for her, not only maybe, but it was a down for her individually in the world champ. So maybe it was good for her to have a new success in Uringen and take her second um, overall victory before the world cup coming up. What do you think? I think when you have experience, when you have bad experiences, it's always good to get back on top uh, as soon as possible. Uh, because if you're running bad races and you're disappointed with yourself and then you don't have a race coming up in maybe a few months' time, then I think there's a lot of time where you will be thinking about the the, the failure and you will kind of dig a hole and not always be progressive in the thinking. So it's always good to get straight back on the horse, uh, get some good results in the in the bank, and build up the confidence again. And of course, now after winning Uringen, she should be very, very motivated to continue on this high, uh, also in the World Cup in Czech Republic. Yeah, about the high. Uh, we saw last year already that Ole Oyanai was 
big steps towards the world class uh, orienteer and uh, he got some fourth positions a couple of but this world champs he got his first uh, individual uh, world relay medal and he continued to performing good in Uringen. Yeah, so basically it, he had almost decided uh, Uringen on the first two days uh, in the same way as Sarah Hagsson did. Uh, but Ruslan Glebov was really, really keen on making it interesting. So he went on and won the sprint on day three, a shared victory with... Uh, with Isak von Kusenschöner, catching in some important seconds on Oleo and out there. And then Ruslan was only three seconds behind Anton Johansson on day two, catching more time on Oleo and uh, But yeah, even with the victory and the second place, he, om- he only catched about a minute on Oleo and now, which meant that the, the gap was still three minutes in the chasing start. Uh, three minutes is, that's within reach of what you can catch if you have a really good day and the first guy is struggling a little bit. Uh, but Ole uh, has been running very, very solid the whole week, and he did a very, very good chasing start, running in front all alone by himself. And instead of losing time and letting Glebov back into the fight, uh, he increased, increased, increased. And yeah, at the finish line, the gap between them were six minutes. Uh, Emil Svensk had a good, good, uh, good chasing start. He lost only a minute to Ole now and. Uh, kept his third place in the overall, seven minutes down. And then we have Eskil Schinneberg in fourth place, Lucas Lilan in fifth place, and Simon Hector in sixth place. And Simon Hector is only 12 minutes down, so a lot tighter between the top six in, in, the, in the men's class than in the women's class. Uh, Emil, uh, number three here, uh, he for maybe a bit disappointing world champs uh, in the same way as uh, so some uh, is that, uh, is that surprising for you? Ah, uh, not really. Uh, I think Emil was struggling a little bit technically the first days. Uh, in the end, he did a good week, of course. He was number three in the sprint race. And he was also in the top 10 on the middle distance. Uh, so And had a decent last leg. So I think uh, Emil was running at a solid level. Maybe you know some, yeah, lacking the few percentages that need that is needed when it comes to concentration and yeah, physical, um, physical power. Uh, but I think uh, a third place is a good result for him, and of course the World Cup uh, is, that is coming up is is more important. Uh, I think we should listen to the guy who uh, decided the week, Ole uh, Oyano, and uh, we. Should uh, apologize for a sound uh, during the talk with Oli, but uh, I think we should listen to his uh, key to success at uh, this year's Uringen. Uh, Even National Orienteering Podcast has uh, reached uh, the successful Uringen athlete Ole Oyanov. You were doing really great uh, win overall, uh, Open Ore Oli. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> Uh, what is the key behind your uh, success at Oringen? Uh, uh, I think it's that it it was my uh, one of the main weeks and main races of the season, and I knew it already before walk and wanted to do well at Oringen as well, and uh, and so I I think that helped me to 
to stay focused and hungry for like after walk so i didn't get any any major like walk depression or anything like that or yeah of course a bit but not too much so i was still hungry and focused and wanted to do well when i traveled to ore and and managed to do five very stable performances i think that was the the key yeah you had the five really good performances uh... Did you have any, uh, yeah, how, how ma- many mistake and much mistake in total was it for you during the week? Have you summarized? Uh, I made only one bigger one in the first stage. It was like one and a half minute and and then some smaller runs. Uh, yeah, I, I think in total it was maybe, um, what should I say? five minutes or something like that so it's not not much it's quite good uh like average for for three uh short and long distances one middle and one sprint yeah yeah of course of course but uh, you're uh, winning two uh, long distances in the start of the week uh, are you then running with uh, a bit uh, bigger safety mar- margin uh, the three last uh, races? No, I I try to just uh, keep the keep the same <laughs> same uh, tactic and 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 mindset, but I'm maybe a bit worse at, at sprint. So uh, I think that was very good for me the fourth fourth place in the sprint. I didn't have any any higher expectations for that, and then the middle was I didn't make any like bigger mistakes, but like maybe four four times thirty seconds or something. So that was a bit a bit worse performance uh, of me. But yeah, I I tried to keep the same mindset and the final stage it was already better than in the middle so i'm happy <laughs> yeah yeah really really good and uh, you're uh, winning overall and uh, you're getting a, a good uh, good uh, cash flow into the account and also self-confidence uh, uh, what what is most important for you uh, by winning Oringen? is it uh, on the bucket list uh, for a successful orienteering career or is it the money or is it the self-confidence for the rest of the season i think it's it's been a, a dream since i was since i ran my first Uringen uh, in 2011 so uh, already like uh, 12 years ago something uh, so yeah i think it's it's been on my <laughs> bucket list so to speak and then of course it gives the it gives a lot of self-confidence that i can uh yeah keep running well after after uh, some m- main competitions like walk races that i can handle the situation and s- switch quickly back to the racing mode again and then of course it's as an orienteer it's uh, <laughs> you never get too much prize money so <laughs> that's not a bad thing either <laughs> No, that's uh, always good. Yeah, you're uh, you're talking a bit about about it now because uh, you are going directly from uh, Sweden to next uh, round of the World Cup, and uh, 
yeah, how can you keep uh, the focus and the uh, shape uh, to the World Cup in uh, Czech Republic? And what's your goal there? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yesterday and today, uh, I felt uh, a bit empty, even maybe even slightly more than after walk. <laughs> so it'll be almost even bigger challenge. Uh, to get back to your racing mode, but I think I will manage to do that. And and then it's very exciting to be uh, racing in those super cool sandstone terrains. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it and want to, uh, yeah, do my best and and uh, have the feeling that I'm I'm focusing on the orienteering and doing my best uh, on each each leg. And then we'll see how long it will take me. <laughs> yeah, we saw you had the podium position in every race in the World Champs. Uh, are your ambitions uh, the same in the World Cup uh, the coming week? Yeah, of course, I'm hoping for uh, at least one top six position. Uh, but yeah, there are many super strong guys and, and it's a completely new, new terrain and new challenge. So uh, I need to run really well if I to be able to do that. But yeah, so far I'm I'm of course optimistic and positive. Need to run really well. Uh, what is your goal for the overall World Cup? Will you also run the European Champs in the sprint to have a full uh, World Cup season? Yeah, if I'm qualified. So that's. Uh, my goal for the autumn season to uh, get selected for the European champs would be my first uh, uh, sprint championship week. So would be something new new for me. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see. I think I, I should have a good chance because we have, uh, I think, eight spots. So, but yeah, of course, I need to qualify first. But that's, uh, yeah. If I qualify, then I'll for sure run run there in Italy. Yeah, you you had a good sprint uh, as you mentioned in Uringen, and I know it's uh, it's uh, three sprint races and two uh, forest races uh, individually left in the World Cup. Uh, how does that suit you? Are you aiming for a podium <laughs> position overall, or uh, yeah, what's your th- thoughts? Yeah, I think my chances are <laughs> way lower in the sprint. So I think it'll be uh, difficult to get uh, get the top six position in the overall World Cup. But of course, I'll give it a try and do my best. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's it's uh, that the World Champs are not a part of the World Cup. So that's not that good for me. <laughs> no, because you had a really successful uh, World Champs. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, yeah. You know, uh, a world uh, top uh, athlete, and uh, yeah, what what uh, what should uh, it be uh, the results that uh, you can go home from Czech Republic with uh, a smile on your face? Uh, I think it's more about the performances and not so much about the results. Uh, so I want to, yeah, feel that I have done my best in my preparation the next few days before the races and then during the competitions and 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 then yeah I, I guess I, if if I'll be able to do just my own work and and 
and follow my race plan, I'll, I'll be satisfied. Uh, no matter the exact result. Yeah, I understand you like to talk uh, in uh, in performances in the or in Thuring Forest, uh, not in the big uh, terms uh, speaking to us. But um, uh, what do you do uh, in between uh, a tough uh, competition week as Uringen and a new tough competition week with the World Cup? What uh, what do you do? Is it only slight uh, jogging, uh, or do you do any fast sessions? What's the to be able to perform again? Yeah, now the last uh, stage of Uringe was uh, on on Friday, so the day before yesterday. So now I'll have two days of traveling. Uh, the first day was today from Ore to here to Stockholm, Arlanda, and then tomorrow to Czech Republic. And then I guess I will have one more uh, easy day on Monday and then uh, a short bit faster training on Tuesday and then before the first uh, before the sprint race on Wednesday and then so one have... one sort faster training but mainly easy training and traveling <laughs> yeah 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 and, uh, and then you're ready to to go for uh, yeah new uh, top performances uh, from uh, Wednesday to Sunday yeah I hope so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, it will be exciting to follow you uh, rest of the season. It's been uh, yeah great to see that you've been uh, uh, yeah taking first world champs medal. That will also be uh, yeah on your bucket list, I presume. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, uh, nice uh, to see you in Ola, and we look forward to see you again in Czech Republic. And thanks for uh, having. Uh, time to talk to us in between uh, all those competitions only thanks a lot yeah thank you bye 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 so ole oya now there uh, is it some uh, takeouts from the talk uh, with him uh, eva ah uh, not really i think he's uh, explaining his thoughts very well. Uh, it's a good week for him. It's a, been a great, great season for him. He's been taking huge steps. And basically, he has all the cards in his hands when it comes to the future. Uh, we know him. He was complete junior star. Um, and yeah, of course, now he, he got his first book medals. But it's still a few guys that are better than him at the moment. Uh, but in two years' time, when it's the home world championship, he, he might be the best in the world. Yeah, it will be exciting to see. I think he is a bit um, better in sprint than he uh, is telling himself. Uh, uh, the results uh, talk for itself there. So it will be exciting to see what he can do in the overall World Cup. Uh, yeah, both uh, now in Czech Republic first and then in the Europeans later on. Uh, but uh, I think um, yeah, we had some talented uh, juniors also at Uringen. So I think we should um, uh, go briefly through um, overall, overall results in the junior classes uh, and uh, yeah, see if there's some notable there. Yeah, yeah let's so... start with the, the, yeah, the women's oldest juniors. Yeah, so if we look at the oldest junior classes uh, on the women's side, there was uh, complete domination from PA on week the whole week, uh, winning the overall with 11 minutes ahead of Sabina Aumo and 20 minutes ahead of Kristin Melby Jakobsen in third place. 
we need a, a difference between the top three of 20 minutes uh, when the total running time for PA on week is around three hours and 45 minutes. That's a, a massive difference. Uh, and I mean, it's it's good girls she's beating. Uh, it's names we have seen in the yeah, near the top of the J-Walk results uh, both this year and last year. And she's yeah completely on a different level this week. So very impressive. Uh, performance by her uh, following up a great J-Walk where she won medals in every races so and I think uh, it's it's no secret that she is one of the best juniors in the world but uh, one of her strengths is that she's very very stable and she is always delivering good results and good performances and that's something to bring with you when you're going into the elite class next year yeah, it will be exciting, uh, and it was a big victory in that class. But uh, at, among the men in the same age, there was a tight fight. It was a very tight fight, but only between two guys, because number three uh, was more than 13 minutes down. So it was really a two-horse race uh, between Noel Brown, uh, the Swede that uh, was winning J-Walk gold medals last year and won a silver medal in the long distance this year, and Martin Weyerschel with the Norwegian guy that had a quite disappointing uh, jaywalk where he, where he mispunched a control in the long distance where he was in the fight for a top six result. Uh, so I can imagine that he came into this week with uh, a lot of motivation to show how good he really is. And the terrain in oil suits him very, very well. He's not that far away from... Yeah, he's been growing up not that far away from Oider on the other side of the Norwegian-Swedish border. Uh, a good fight between those two the whole week and in the end it was only 10 seconds between them uh, in the favor of Martin Weyerschere so winning Urien in men 20 elite that's a, that's a big thing so this is this is definitely his biggest result so far uh, it's quite interesting uh, you know we know that the PA Young Week is winning Urien uh, overall uh, second times uh, in a row and uh, Martin is actually running his first ever Uringen and he's taking a victory in the first uh, one out of one. So uh, that's quite uh, also, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, that will be really hard for him to continue now, uh, to continue <laughs> that streak with 100% win margin if he's going to run in the in Men 21 Elite uh, next year and the following years. But uh, winning Uringen, that's really big and something that would give him confidence for the yeah, for the rest of the autumn season and especially motivation for the winter training next year. Um, because when you're when you're beating Newell Brown, uh, you are no doubt already a very, very good orienteer and you're also very talented. Yeah, good uh, revenge also for uh, Martin there uh, after, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, quite uh, disappointing day work for him. Uh, yeah, and if we step down to the younger uh, juniors, yeah, so here we once again have a very, very clear win. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise. Uh, Evelyn now maybe she had a slightly disappointing jaywalk. Uh, but uh, in Nordic terrain, she's very, very stable technically. Uh, she's already proven in in the spring that she's competitive on the elite class, in, on the elite level already against the, the ground-ups. So no, this, uh, no surprise that she's winning Uring and with a big margin, even if yeah, the junior world champion in middle distance, Henrik Radzikowski from Switzerland, 
was there taking part and challenging her for yeah for the first part of the week the gap between them were not too big but in the end Evalina and I could uh, yeah pull out the lead to a very very big margin 11 and a half minutes and then Henriette Radzikowski was second just ahead of Tilla Olsson uh, so good fight there for the second place on the chasing start uh, but yeah, the the margins were big, and we see that also in the men 18 plus. Yeah, there it's a tight, uh, yeah, quite uh, quite a fight about uh, about the victory. Uh, Hannes Mogensen wasn't uh, safe going out there, maybe. No, the gap between Hannes Mogensen and Christopher Strandal week was quite small the whole week, and then Mogensen increased slightly in the last part of the week. Uh, and in the end, the, the, the gap was almost four minutes. Uh, but those two were running on a different level than the others the whole week. And the gap down to Ludwig Rosen in third place was over 15 minutes. So very, very big difference from the two first to, to number three. And of course, there is no surprise that Hans Mugensen is winning Uringen in men 18. Uh, he won the middle distance at Jaywalk. And then he yeah, had to abandon the long distance race and don't run the relay because of the injury, but obviously he's, uh, he's healthy again. And, and I think that's, uh, that's good for him to see that he, he, the injury isn't bothering him anymore and he can run a full O-ring. And, and even if you have been winning J-Walk, uh, winning O-ring is still a big thing. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, yeah, winning O-ring shows that you are uh, capable of doing uh, good races over and over again. And uh, yeah. That's something uh, that is uh, worth uh, showing up uh, in front of uh, what we will call uh, a World Cup, for example, as we will see in the Czech Republic the coming uh, days. Um, but uh, yeah, about that, uh, when uh, some were running Uringen, some others were in the Czech to prepare for uh, yeah, the World Cup. Uh, there was uh, competitions down there, uh, five days. Yeah, so the traditional Bohemia five days uh, were held in terrain that is uh, very similar to the to World Cup, and therefore it's a it was a good opportunity for those going there to get some yeah fast sessions in competition mode before the World Cup. And we saw some of the best runners in the world; they were there, uh, not running everything, uh, but they were running some races. Uh, with the two first days, the victories were going to Simona Ebertrol and Kasper Foster both days. Uh, on day three, Tuva Alexandersson showed up and she won ahead of Simona Ebertrol and Kasper Foster won his third in a row uh, in the men's class. Then day four, Tuva got her second victory. And when Kasper Foster had had enough and not running anymore, then Thomas Krivda wins day four in the men elite class. And then day five, none of the top runners were running. And then uh, Annika Simonsen wins uh, the women's class and Håkon Fryset Christiansen uh, a surprise victory in the men's class. Uh, very impressive that he's able to run at this level. Uh, he was running jaywalk a long time ago and then I haven't seen much of him the last few years but uh, obviously decent form uh, now that he can win a race like this. And that was uh, impressive but um, yeah about uh, preparation for uh, what you think uh, you see uh, Abbasol, uh, Postal, and uh, Alexanderson, and some of the Danes are in Czech Republic, yeah. and we see some others running a full Uringen, uh, some are jumping uh, out of. Yeah, what do you think? 
from the World Cup uh, starting with the sprint on uh, Wednesday? I think uh, if you're looking at only the sprint race in Czech Republic, I don't think it matters much if you're going to Bohemia five days or to Uringen. Uh, at Uringen there was a proper sprint, so at least then you get one good sprint competition. Uh, in Bohemia five days there was a forest sprint, but that's not relevant. Uh, but I think for the forest races that's coming up in Czech Republic, it's it's clearly a big fa- it, It's a I think it's a much much better preparation for the World Cup to go to Bohemia five days. Uh, but of course, Uringen itself it's so prestigious. Uh, we know that it's big, big prize money. Uh, so I fully understand all the elite runners going there and prioritizing that because Uringen is one of the... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you take away the world championship and you take away the uh, the big relays, then Uringen is one of the absolutely most important competitions that there is during a year. Uh, so it's good to see that the top runners are prioritizing that. But I think for the World Cup preparation... Uh, I would, if I was in the position of these runners, I would have been going to going to Czech Republic instead. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's uh, no matter if you go to Czech Republic or to Uringen, running five competitions, that's really really hard. Um, in Uringen, we saw most of the top runners they ran the whole week. In Bohemia, five days, uh, the top runners they did not run the whole full week. They ran two, three, four competitions. Uh, which meant that they were not in the contention for the overall win. So the overall winners, there were Annika Simonsen in the women's class and the young Czech Daniel Bolohovsky in the men's class. Um, but we will see, we will get the answers in a week's time. Maybe the Uringen runners are crushing the Bohemia Fighter runners, but uh, I doubt it. Yeah, and we can take the premises for uh, the World Cup, uh, yeah. With less than three weeks after the World Champs, there is a World Cup um, round two. And then we have to say that the World Champs was not uh, part of the World Cup this year. Uh, there has been one round so far in the World Cup, and that was in Norwegian Östfold in the spring with um, three races, one long distance, one middle distance, and one relay. And this Czech Republic, it will be one uh, sprint on Wednesday, sprint relay on Thursday. Then we have a middle distance on Saturday and a long distance on Sunday. Uh, the sprint races uh, are held in Cheskalipa, and uh, the forest races will be in the forest uh, around. Uh, um, yeah, how do you pronounce that? Uh, forest um, or something. There will be really tough races, uh, both technically and physically, during the weekend. And we will have uh, runners from 28 nations. Uh, more than 300 athletes. And we know after the spring races, Kasper Fossa is the overall leader in the men's class. He has two victories in Norway. And in the women's class, there are a shared victory between Tuva Alexandersson and Sara Hallstrom after one victory and one second place to both of them in uh, Norway in the spring. And uh, yeah, uh, is there something you uh, want to mention uh, about the premises that I forgot there, Eva? No, I think um, that was a very good and true through uh, talk through of this, what's waiting. Uh, I think this is a very, very interesting World Cup round. First of all, because it's only two and a half weeks since the World Championship finished, uh, which means that, uh, yeah, we will probably see some runners that uh, we are used to see high up in the result list have a really, really bad week this week because they have not been able to refocus after World Championship. 
some of the top runners are missing. Uh, I think, for example, Megan Carter Davis is not going. Um, so yeah, we will see who shows up and in what state, mental state, and what form they are in. Uh, so very, very interesting. I I hope we will see some surprises. Uh, maybe runners that had a disappointing World Championship they can strike back. Maybe runners that didn't qualify for the World Championship have been training the whole summer with this in mind and can really, really show what they're good for. Uh, and then I like it a lot that there is, uh, uh, com- it's completely new areas. So the forest where the race, forest races will go, there is no old map. Uh, of course, you get a quite good impression of what's waiting by the training maps and the maps around the area. But uh, yeah, there is no old existing map of the forest. And that's always really exciting um, to, to do when we can open the GPS on on Saturday and see the forest, how it really looks like. That will be fun. Uh, there are uh, a lot of aspects that you're mentioning here um, that are interesting. And uh, also the post uh, World Champs depression, as many talked about uh, earlier on. But uh, there are also some coming out of a jaywalk. There are on a jaywalk post happiness, maybe. I'm uh, talking about um, Jakob Chaluki. Lucy Ditchkova, Penelope Salmon and Victoria Mag are all some juniors who are getting the chance to compete against the seniors there. Uh, what do you think? Uh, will they um, have any possible chance? I, I think uh, it's, it's hard to imagine that they will be fighting for the absolute top, top, top results. Uh, as we saw... Uh, Kasper Fosse was capable of when he was a junior uh, Tuval Sanderson was capable of that when she was a junior uh, but I still think that um, yeah, those two are exceptional uh, talents and these guys you mentioned are really really big talents they are at a high level already and of course they have had two more weeks uh, to prepare for this after J-Walk than the World Championship runners have uh, but it will be I would be surprised if we see them very, very high up. I think Jakub Salupski, for example, uh, yeah, his, his, his run from the J-Walk long distance was really, really good. Uh, but now it's, uh, it's a bit longer course and the competition is a lot, lot tougher. Um, yeah, yeah, I think if he can get in the top 30, that would be a good result. And the same goes for the junior girls. Uh, if, if, if things go very, very good, uh, they might be fighting for a top 20, but not more than that, I think. And then we also have the questions that you're uh, into also mentioning. Uh, not qualify or was not uh, able to uh, compete in the World Champs. Uh, I can name uh, some of them uh, that I have uh, pointed out. Uh, Yannick Michels, uh, he's a, yeah, a almost sprint specialist. And then we have uh, a guy like Magni Dali. Uh, to uh, experienced girls and Colleen Olson and Lina Son also. Um, yeah, do you think they will uh, go on the podium? Is there, uh, yeah? I Post. must say that I have big, big expectations uh, for Yannick Michels. Uh, I mean, that's not a surprise. He's been one of the best sprinters uh, the last decade. Um, he had some injury problems in the early, in the late spring, early summer. Uh, and of course, he didn't go to World Championship. So I think he's been really 
having these races in mind uh, for a long, long time as a good test before the European champs in the autumn. Uh, so I, ex- I have very high expectations for him for the individual sprint. Uh, Magne Daly, it's hard to say what uh, we can expect from him. He's been yeah, slightly disappointing the whole sp- spring season. Uh, but now it's been almost two months since the WUK selection race where he didn't manage to qualify for the Norwegian team. Uh, I hope he's been training with very high motivation this win- this summer, uh, but I don't know. It will be very interesting to see what version of Magne Daly that comes to the start line. Mm, and the experienced Swedish girls you mentioned, Caroline Olsson, Lina Strand, both of them have had their issues this year. Very, very hard to to, to tell what they what they can be capable of. Uh, I, I think we will see Olsson and Strand in the top 10, but probably not in the top six. Uh, there is another Swede also who had his uh, best day of the career so far, two years ago in uh, actually this area, of, um, in the sprint of um, the world champs in Czech Republic. Yeah. Isak von Krusenstjerna, he won there. Uh, do you think he can win again um, in this world? Uh, quite a disappointing uh, long distance in uh, world champs. Two and a half he's weeks defi- ago. He's, he's definitely one of the guys that can win this, the individual sprint. Uh, he, he shared the victory with Ruslan Glebov in the Uringen sprint, so his form looks to be good. Uh, I expect him to be very, very motivated after the world champs disappointment. And he has proven before that he's really, really good uh, in sprint races in Czech Republic. Uh, of course, the, the sprint race this, this week will be completely different from the Fortress sprint in, in, in the World Champs two years ago. Uh, but he's definitely one of the guys that you should look out for. And the same with, uh, uh, with a guy like Jonathan Gustafsson that didn't run the World Championship. Uh, been very, very good in sprint races in Sweden this year. Uh, very, very interesting runner. Uh, about the sprint, uh, do you think um, uh, the level here would be a bit uh, lower than we will expect to see in the Europeans in the two months? Because that uh, guys like Kibbutz, uh, Fossa, uh, that are uh, also competing in forest, uh, they don't have uh, so much uh, specialized sprint trainings, maybe only one or two since uh, World Champs, and that they will... Uh, turn on the sprint gear then to the Europeans. So this uh, sprint will be easier to use that word. Not easy, but easier. Or is that, uh, do you understand my question? Yeah, I think, I think the right word would be it's more unpredictable because as you say, we don't know really how good the, the top runners have been preparing this and how their sprint routines are. Uh, I saw Kasper Fosse, he posted on Strava that he did his first fast sprint session since uh, February um, this week. Uh, Kibus, as you mentioned, he was, we had, a, we had a sprint training in Switzerland, in, in Bern on Wednesday. And I mean, he looked pretty sharp uh, to me. So I, I think he will be good, uh, even if he's not been training much sprint races. And I think these guys, they are so good that... Uh, with one or two fast sprint sessions uh, and a bit mental preparations, they are almost at their best level. Um, 
so yeah, but uh, it's unpredictable. Uh, we haven't had a proper sprint race internationally in a long, long time. So it's very, very hard to know uh, what level the runners are at. Um, hopefully we will see some surprises and maybe from those runners who didn't run the world championship and maybe have been focusing more with the European champs in mind the whole season. Uh, so yeah, I look forward to a very exciting sprint race where hopefully we will see some big surprises. Great, so, um, uh, but uh, if we look uh, back to uh, 2018 when it was the World Cup in uh, Turno, it was uh, a local guy uh, from Czech Republic who took his uh, one and only World Cup victory then, uh, Milos Nikodim in the sandstorms there. Uh, do you think uh, Milos, who is the poster boy of this uh, World Cup round, or maybe the number four from uh, World Champs Long Distance, will uh, be capable to uh, win. Uh, then I'm talking about the forest races uh, in the sandstones, technically, physically demanding courses. Yeah, I think uh, I think Krivda uh, is the best of them. Uh, of course, Milos won five years ago. And Milos, he had a really good long distance at the World Championship where he was in the top 10. Uh, but Krivda is, has been better in basically every single race in Czech Republic the last few years. Uh, so I think on the men's side, he's, uh, he's the big Czech hope. Uh, I expect him to be in the fight for, for the podium. Uh, but to beat all Swedes, to beat Gustav, uh, to beat Bergman, to beat Kibbutz, to beat Foster, it's really hard to beat all of them. So if he can win and repeat uh, what Milos did five years ago, I doubt it, uh, but it's possible. Uh, he was number four, as I mentioned, in the World Champs. Uh, we, uh, will he take a medal? Will he be top three? Uh, or should we go into the guessing uh, and to predict uh, directly? And then you can answer there. Yeah, we can we can save that for later. But we should also mention uh, when we're talking about the Czechs, we should mention Teresa Janoshiskova. Uh, I think uh, orienti orienteering on the top level the last the last years have been kind of boring, uh, where you know you have uh, you have the the Swedish team that is dominant. You have a few Norwegians that is good. You have some really good Swiss runners, and you have some good Finns. And often we see that in the top ten. All the runners are from these four nations. Uh, so my biggest hope for this World Cup round is that we see some runners from not any of these four countries that are mixing it up with the uh, with uh, with with the Scandinavians and the Swiss for the uh, for the for the podium spots. And I think Teresa Janoszkova is the best bet uh, at European no, sorry at World Championship. Uh, a few weeks ago, we saw that uh, Sandra Grosberger from Lat Latvia, she was number seven in the middle distance. She almost broke into the podium, uh, which of course consisted only of, uh, of girls from those four countries. Uh, Megan Carter-Davis has been the one that has been challenging, uh, especially in the sprint races. She's been the one that has been closest to Tove uh, last year, uh, but she's not here this year. So uh, my hope is on Teresa Janoszkova this week. Yeah, and uh, then we uh, have uh, some uh, local or local runners. Uh, we have some uh, uh, outsiders and we have some favorites. And uh, we have a prediction from even national or touring podcast. And uh, 
since the sprint is uh, starting on Wednesday, we start with the predictions for the sprint. Uh, in the women's class, uh, yeah, uh, what do you think in uh, the first international sprint uh, for uh, yeah at least nine months? Yeah, it's uh, it's really really hard to predict. Uh, so I'm going I'm going boring here. Uh, Tuva Alexanderson will win. Uh, Simone Abishol will be second. And then I'm going for Teresa Janosiskova in third place uh, with a home boost. Yeah, that's uh, that's um, interesting, but uh, not so surprising. Uh, uh, podium or top three there. And in the men's class? Yeah, so I'm going with uh, Yannick Michels for, uh, for the win. Uh, yeah, I know he had some problems some months ago, but uh, yeah, full, full focus on this World Cup round the last month. Uh, while the others have been preparing for a world championship. Uh, we know his qualities. Uh, so I, I'm going for him with the victory. Casper uh, Fosse, the reigning world champion in the sprint, uh, on second place. And then Jonathan Gustafsson uh, on third place. Yeah, quite. Uh, yeah, you're going on the surprises on the third place there. And, uh, and <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I would call it a surprise if he, even if he wins it. Um, He's the Swedish champion both in the sprint and knockout sprint this year. Uh, I know that you can't really count a knockout sprint medal as he got last year in the same regard as a individual sprint when it comes to qualities in individual sprint. But the way he's been sprinting this year uh, in Sweden gives me, uh, yeah, it gives me the belief that he is really, really one of the top five, top six guys in the world at sprint at the moment. And uh, yeah, if he's on the podium, it's it will feel quite normal. Uh, so it's not a big surprise to me if he's on the top three spots. And then uh, who will be in the top spot in the sprint relay? Will it be uh, the same names uh, in, with the Switzerland, Sweden, Czech Republic, Peter, or will we see any surprises? Yeah, I think uh, I think the the victory will be between Sweden and Switzerland. Uh, now that Great Britain is missing both Megan Carter Davis and uh, Chris Jones, they should not be able to compete uh, for the top three. Um, Norway is uh, capable of fighting with them. Uh, two really really good runners in Kasper Foster and Andrine Benjaminsen. Uh, but I think that on the, the other two legs, uh, I think both Sweden and Switzerland have stronger runners. Uh, so therefore, I'm going with Sweden as number one, Switzerland as number two, and Norway as number three. And then let's say Czech in fourth place. Yeah, you're giving them a, a rest place there. And then uh, there is a rest day um, on Friday before there is uh, forest races in uh, in a virgin-like forest uh, for orienteering um, and Saturday. And uh, those who uh, are doing the orienteering and uh, physically best in uh, that competition will be in the women's class. Yeah, uh, this race is very, very interesting. Uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, Milos Nikodim won a middle distance race uh, in Czech Republic in Sandstone terrain five years ago. Uh, and then, if you look back, then it was a very, very surprising result list in both women and men's class. So maybe 
uh, we will see a very, very different result list here to what we are used to. Uh, but I've gone for the for the normal, my norm. I'm gone gone the normal way with my boring tips. So I'm going to Alexandersson, Sarah Hagström, and Andrine Benjaminsen on the top three. Um, but yeah, in this kind of terrain, uh, there there will likely be some really big mistakes and some very interesting results. And I think, for example, yeah, Caroline Olsson, she won the race in Czech Republic five years ago that Milos won. Uh, Lina Strand was number three. Uh, so those two, they clearly can handle this sandstone terrain really, really well. And yeah, if their form is close to the, the old self and they have the motivation and the, the mental state right, they maybe we will see some some old foxes on the podium here. Uh, another candidate like that for a surprise podium is uh, Sabine Hauswift. Uh, five years ago in this tricky terrain, she was number five. So she knows how to handle it. She had a disappointing world champs. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, those three are my dark horses for a, for a surprise uh, podium here. Yeah, we know that, uh, yeah, you're mentioning uh, that uh, Ston and Olsson had uh, uh, need to get back to the old, uh, older side of themselves uh, because, uh, yeah, uh, Olsson had her best uh, season five years ago and uh, Lina Ston maybe in uh, the year after in uh, 2019. So, yeah, if they are back in uh, that track, it could be the track to another top three position and a medal in the middle distance on Saturday. Uh, who do you think will get the medals in the men's class? Top three there. Uh, yeah, I've gone for Kasper Fosse for the victory. Um, he was slightly disappointing at the uh, at the at the middle distance at the World Champs, uh, but I think his body was kind of smashed after the long distance, uh, and I think. He's technically very, very good. And so I think this sandstone terrain will suit him well. Um, we saw that in the long distance in the World Champs two years ago and also in the relay. Uh, so he's my favorite. Uh, then I've gone for Oleo Anao in second place. If we again jump back five years to that uh, race. I lost you there. Can you hear me? Sorry. Yes. I so, can you hear me? Yeah, then we go on. Uh, I, I hear you again. Yeah, go on, Kasper uh, Fossa, who was after that? Yes, yeah, so Olle Oyanao is my bet for the second place. Uh, if we look back those five years to the 2018 World Cup, where Milos Nikodim won, uh, Olle Oyanao was number seven. And he was he was not anywhere near as good back then as he is now. And so I'm expecting him to come full of confidence from, yeah, from the world champs and from Uringen. And then uh, to run a really good race here and take uh, a top three spot. Uh, so I have him in second place. And then I have Gustav Bergman in third place. Uh, of course, depending on how his back is, but uh, he's a very, very technically gifted orienteer. And I think the technique is uh, going to be the deciding factor here. Um, but yeah, of course, it, it feels kind of wrong to, 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 to not pick Matthias Kubots after his brilliant performance at the middle distance at the world championship uh, I didn't pick him for a medal there so then he's probably going to win here as well yeah that was the question I had uh, where he uh, disappeared but uh, then you're at least uh, an honorable mention as they call it in the top program and then 
they're giving that's an honorable mention. But maybe it gets more when we're going to the long distance. Uh, for but we always start with the women. Uh, it will be a tough long distance, um, physically tough, technically tough. We'll um, handle that best. Yeah, I think uh, Tuva Alexanderson she wants re- revenge uh, from Simon Ebersholt for the for the world champs long distance. So I think uh, Tuva will win and therefore take her fourth victory uh, of the four races here. Uh, I predicted her to win everything. Uh, she was outstanding at the world championship uh, long distance two years ago. Uh, she's very strong in this kind of terrain, both physically and technically. So she's the biggest favorite. Uh, Simon Abersholt in second place and then I have Sarah Hoxham in third place. Yeah, there is uh, yeah, the familiar names there uh, in the long distance uh, and in the men's side will it also be familiar from uh, what we saw in the world champs? Yeah, I think we will see the same, the same names in the top. Uh, I think if you look at the long distance races in the men's class, there is it's not often big surprises. Uh, one can say that it was a slightly surprise to, at European Champs last year when the podium was uh, Martin Reborn, Eskil Schinneberg and uh, Elias Kuka. Uh, but except of that, in, in, the, in the long distance races, we normally see on the men's side the big favorites smashing it out for the victory. And I expect it to be a new fight between Matthias Kibos and Kasper Fosse. Fosse was... 50 seconds faster at the World Championship. Uh, at the World Championship two years ago in Czech Republic, he was three minutes faster and caught up with Kibbutz. Uh, so I've gone for Kibbutz revenge here. Uh, so Kibbutz number one, Fosso number two, and then a very popular third place for the home crowd with uh, Thomas Krivda. Yeah, that, uh, that's interesting. Uh, and it's good that the home crowd uh, gets something to to uh, cheer for uh, in the last day there after a tough uh, week. Uh, uh, but uh, there's also some, um, what do you call it, conflict of interest uh, during this um, World Cup, or is it a fair play issue? Um, there is a well-known orienteering uh, blog, IOF Reflections, and uh, they have posted about it. Uh, and uh, it's a kind of strange situation. The course, course setter for both sprint relay and the sprint is a national team coach uh, from Austria, uh, the Czech uh, Radek Novotny. Um, uh, what do you think um, of this uh, situation? Uh, it is uh, definitely a questioning, uh, worth questioning the, the interests here, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a really, really strange situation. And unfortunately, it's something we often see in international orienteering that there, because orienteering, we, we are a small sport. Uh, we are all quite heavily connected to each other. Uh, we've seen in several championships that there is uh, course setters that have like a quite clear connection to runners. Uh, so we, I, it's, a, it's a difficult situation. And I mean, it's not really, I don't really believe that there is um, any cheating going on or anything like that, but it is always questionable when uh, in a situation like this where you have the course setter is, that is also the national team coach for one of the competing nations. Uh, especially when you have these uh, 
yeah, the IOF after after the World Cup in China, uh, IOF launched this like fair place and ethics effort, um, where there is like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a specific point about not allocating persons with a potential conflict of interest to key positions with access to secret information about the event. And I mean, if you are the national team coach of a competing nation that have very, very good runners. Uh, let's not forget that. Um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a bit strange that, uh, that he is selected. I mean, he's obviously very, very competent and I expected the courses to be really good and all that. Uh, but I think it's a bit bad that the Czech Orienteering Federation and the organizers are not able to find someone else that is also very, very competent and doesn't have a strong, strong connection to the NFT team. Uh, but I mean, we have seen this before. Uh, if we go back to, I mean, if we go back a few weeks uh, to to the world champs in Switzerland, if you look at the long distance, for example, the core setters there were Simone Nigli and Bruno Haldemann. Uh, both of them are involved in Uelnoska. Uh, Bruno Haldemann is the sponsor of, uh, of Joey Hardorn. Uh, so it's a club mate and a sponsor of Joey Hardorn that is course setter of the long distance. Uh, if you go back to the European champs in, in Switzerland two years ago, uh, I think Andreas Kibbutz, he was a course setter one of the day. And Joey Hardorn's sister, Kim Hardorn, was one of the course setters another day. And we can go back to the world champs in Norway, uh, where the, uh, what's the, what's her name again? Uh, the Carlsons, um, the course setters for Uli the long distance. Uni, yeah, and Toma. And Toma, yes. And they are, yeah. so they are running from, Fed, they've been running for Fredrikstad and they are part of Fredrikstad. And Fredrikstad had their runners running the world championship. So, I mean, it's very, very hard to, to not find any connections, uh, but this connection is maybe a little bit too much. For, for the optics, I mean, the way it looks. Um, and I think that's the important thing is like, how do thing looks uh, and especially like now we know that Janis Bonek is really really good he won a medal at world championship uh, but what if he suddenly if he if he wins this race uh, there will be some people will think but his coach or his national team coach is the course setter and i mean it it works like that in alpine sport and the the national team coaches are course setters there as well but it's not the same um so yeah, I think uh, the, for the optics, it's it's not a good look, uh, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and I mean, orienteering is a sport that's built on so much, much trust. Um, I mean, you only have to to think that everything is going on in a in a fair way, even if it looks a bit bad on the paper. Yeah, uh, orienteering is about trust. Should we go out on that? That even trust that the international will be back in next week summarizing yes. this World Cup. That's good. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I think everyone that is listening to our podcast, they knew very well where to find the, the, the broadcast from uh, the World Cup. It's on TV in some countries and then IOF have the live broadcast. So I look forward to a week with a lot of good entertainment for in front of my computer. Yeah, and we also have to mention the World of Wu and Jan Kutschbach. 
really good. All you need to know about uh, this World Cup round also uh, at worldofworld.com. So then you are prepared together with this episode of Even National. And we will be back in one week. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Mannen dro ut och löp orientering med kart och kompass och med riktiga sko Sikta sågar ett det bästa notering för kroppen var lätt och god Ivo National Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass, Navigation Skill, Orienteering Competition Jag har mött nog jävligt på Boston här uppe Running like a motherfucker Ivo National Orienteering Podcast